afford to be here. This is small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away. A song away. A song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. I'm Murray Valerian. And it's Sunday morning, Murray. It is, that's why I have the Sunday morning voice. Sunday morning, it's not even Sunday morning, it's 10 after 1 p.m. But I had a long weekend, we had a long weekend. We did have a long, long weekend. weekend. We, we had a long weekend. Today's, uh, today is October 13th, happy birthday to my daughter Rita. Oh sweet, I didn't know that. And happy birthday to friend of the show, Sammy Hagar. Oh, happy birthday Hagar. Somebody just saw him recently. Who was mm, it? Amy Lehman, maybe? maybe? Probably. Yeah, probably Amy Lehman. Oh, no. We, we were talking about Sammy Hagar the other night because you didn't like Cabo Wabo Cantina. Is that right? Uh, I did not like the restaurant that's at Hollywood and Highland. I've only eaten there once. I okay. don't like when people uh, are like, I'll never go back there again. But I, I just, my food was not good that day. And how do you not do grilled shrimp? Right, it just know. wasn't good. All right. It's got to be hard to ruin shrimp. My shrimp at home is better. I've been a vegetarian for 25 years, and everybody always asks, what's the first thing you'll eat if you ever give it up, and it's shrimp. Shrimp. Come over to my place and make great shrimp. Really? Yeah. I was going to go to Cabo Wabo. Mm, Don't do it. No, you don't think so? Not unless you're going to get plastered on uh, Wabaritas first. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I'm recording with the Invisalign in. I only have uh, four more weeks to go. I don't think you can tell. I don't think you have to say anything. I'm recorded with the Vivaline in. <laughs> I've only got four more weeks, then I'll be back to fucking normal. Mm-hmm. Hey. So we did have a busy week. We uh we I went to see UFO Thursday Boo. night. I know. You don't like them. I, I like it. that song you played to test this. I, I honestly I have no opinion. I can't I don't know enough about UFO to have an opinion. Uh, so I'll tell I you can't. A little bit. This All is right. this is from two thousand. This is called Unraveled. That's Michael Shanker on guitar, Ainsley Dunbar on drums. I didn't think Shanker was with him anymore. He was in 2000. Okay. Oh, all right. Yes, she will be beautiful. But you will be vain. Coming unraveled. There nice. you go. I remember I used to take my son Frank to uh, a music class when he mm-hmm. was like two or three, mm-hmm. and they could just bang on stuff. Right. And there were two guitar guys who kind of led the whole thing. And I was walking in one day. And they were playing a UFO song. Oh, cool. Just jamming on there. And I just thought, oh, those guys had dreams. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, the guys in UFO had dreams. (laughs) Uh, So I went to see UFO uh, Thursday night with Mike Schmidt. I had a photo pass. I could be in the pit for the first three songs. Then as the fourth song started, I realized, well, no one's coming to kick me out of the pit. (laughs) But I did go back with Mike. and uh, And then when there were like six songs left, I said, I gotta go back in the pit for these last songs. And he said, do it. You didn't bring him down? Like, no, no, because I had a pass stuck on my shirt. Oh, okay. Uh, and this is their last tour. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, it's called Last Orders. And did you invite me to like the UFO fan page on Facebook or something? Probably as a joke. All right, well, I can't get it off my Facebook page. Mm. Well, just like it then. <laughs> uh, then f- uh, the fire started Thursday night. We have major fires here in major California. Major fires. Overnight, they started. Overnight, they started. They, like, I woke up the like next that. morning, and schools were canceled. Like and, that. Yeah. Friday morning, early, I go in, and I uh, say to Rita, I gently wake her, and I say, hey, honey, because of the fires, there's not going to be school today. And she said, yay. <laughs> I'm like, all right, we'll discuss it later. <laughs> it's not the proper response. How's Rita in school? Is she good? Uh, she could work a little harder in some math and science. Okay. Uh, does she have tons of friends? Yes. Is she popular? Yes. Is she doing well in uh, 
drama and singing and dancing. Yes. Good. Could she do better in math and science? Yes. <laughs> okay. So um, I only ask because I'm just Frank is starting to now um, get homework and mm-hmm. and, and now yeah. now is when the work is starting and it's yeah, been, she has a math tutor. It's been a little bit of a struggle to get him excited about and I and Mary wants to get him excited about it. I'm like, honey. He's never going to be excited about it. You're not. He's not going to no. get excited about it. Mary uses math in her line of work, though. She's got to measure things. Mary, Mary, th- th- this is the great. And I hope I'm not telling tales out of school here because I love my wife more than anything. Um, Mary was like a straight A, 4.0, yeah. a class president. Nothing wrong with any of this. Went to Vassar. Great. Frank hates school, and it drives her fucking bananas. Yeah, that would. I get it. <laughs> that, that definitely would. And I always and I and I know this isn't true, but every time like Frank like had like fucks up in school, she kind of gives me the side eye like he got that from you. <laughs> it's not. Can that be inherited? I don't know. Can that be in your genes? I don't know. I do. Stu- I do. Stupidity. Can that be? <laughs> no, in your that genes? can't be handed down. Come on. No. How is that going to be handed down? No way. Uh, and then Friday night, uh, the fi- we had the fire, so we didn't know if the Who was still going to perform. Yeah, you sent me a text saying I don't know if the Who's going to perform tonight because of the fire, and it made yeah. sense because yeah. I live. Way far from the fires. Right. And I could smell them and my yeah. eyes were burning. I mean, around my house, the smoke was, was thick and ash all over the cars. Mm-hmm. I know, it's nuts. Yeah, it's, it's like crazy. a volcano went off yeah. overnight. But um, the, but Amy Lehman was at Soundcheck and so she texted me and said, no, the, the show's going on tonight. So uh, I had purchased the ticket and then I scored two free tickets. So I took you and Mike along and then luckily, the free tickets were in a terrace box and... Um, a terrace box has four seats, right? And none of the seats were filled, so you got to sit with us the whole time. Yes, yeah, so I just walked over, and be honest with you, I was expecting a nosebleeder from you because. Oh, you it, mean no, no, no! I always buy if I'm by myself and I'm going to see the Who. I always buy a reasonable. Okay, ticket. well, I've, from knowing your uh, relationship with the bowl and how expensive the tickets are, yeah. I figured, oh, I'm going to be up in the rafters, but I don't care; it's free. <sighs> yeah. How, but how I quite and that wasn't that actually wasn't a bad. No, seat it, was, at all. it was. It yeah. was. It was what. Is, not par- but even even with where we were in where the you box. guys were. So I just walked over and sat with you guys. Um, when I do, but when I do, do buy the occasional ticket once or twice a year, since I get so many free tickets, mm-hmm. it it doesn't feel like that makes sense. It doesn't feel, you know, it's, it's fine. I could see that. So we uh, so we saw the Who. The Who was with an orchestra. The orchestra was stellar. Oh yeah, it's a Hollywood Bowl orchestra. Yeah. The lighting was amazing. The, light, the background was great. Uh, we Liam Neeson opened. Let's talk about him. Real, not Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> Liam Neeson opened. He took he uh, he thwarted uh, a hostage right, situation right. Yeah, and he, got his daughter back. He came up and rescued a guy out of the nosebleeds. It was fantastic. Liam, see, Liam Neeson to me is more is more popular than Liam Gallagher. Well, probably uh, in okay. this country anyway. So Liam Gallagher opened. He was only doing a half hour, which is weird. Seven twenty-five. Twenty-five. Yeah, because he, he got off early. Yeah. Um, we only saw one song. I saw one song and it was a very popular Oasis song. Yes. Champagne it, Supernova. And his voice was not good at all. It was terrible. Thank you. It was awful. It, and I was kind of, I'm, I'm, I know this is, I know probably in England there's a, uh, Paul versus John, Noel versus Liam thing. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a Noel Gallagher. I like high Because Liam's birds. an asshole. Liam is a total asshole. I saw him at Coachella. They headlined Coachella. I spent... The whole day in the 120 degree weather, I suffered through crappy bands. Mm-hmm. They finally go on at 11 o'clock. <clears throat> Liam steps to the front of stage, crosses his arms, and stares at the audience. And the band didn't play for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, later. Yeah. <laughs> I can't deal with this shit. I've well, been out in the fucking heat for 12 hours. There's that famous show, and I think you can find clips of it on YouTube, where he uh, 
he he doesn't go on with Oasis. He he goes up and sits in the balcony. Oh, that was their unplugged. Yeah, and he watches it. Well, and and Noah's to sing old songs. Yeah, and he claims that he had a sore throat or something, and then he just oh, heckled. Really? Yeah, and then just heckled from the balcony. Yeah. That's their MTV unplugged. Wow, what a dick! <laughs> Total, totally. I mean, yeah, fuck that guy. But um, he really. Unless you like him, then great. <laughs> well, here's the, we, then you missed a great show. <laughs> he, no, he released. How do you suck in a half hour? How do you suck? Playing your most popular song. Champagne Supernova. And it was stripped down to a piano and drums too, which was which sucked. I took a video of it because I wanted to send it to my friend Sess, who's yeah. a big Liam Gallagher fan. Yeah. And I was playing it this yesterday morning, and my son Frank, who's seven, goes, What is that? I said, Oh, it's somebody I saw the other day. He's like, his voice is terrible. Thank you, Frank. <laughs> out of seven the, years old. Out of the voice of the young yeah. comes you know, the he truth. Could, he could work a little harder in math, though. Yeah. Yeah. But so I was really disappointed. He was terrible. Let's talk about the good stuff about the Who. Pete was great. Yeah, the whole band was great. The whole band was great. Zach Starkey's great. Pete loved watching Zach Starkey. I like that camera they had set up on him. Yeah, yeah, and and the camera work at the bowl that night was amazing. And you commented that they must have got new screens. Yeah, they must have got new screens because they, they were super crisp and clear yeah. and vibrant. The um, Pete Townsend. I I've, I say this all the time. His stage patter is not. It's not written. It's not. He doesn't say the same thing every night. He's just off the cuff a lot. You think so? That oh, seems very written. Oh no, I never think it. I think he's just saying whatever comes okay. to his mind. I, okay, I'm just. It's. I'm just saying. I think it's yeah. very written. It was too structured and stiff for me to, for it to be off the cuff. Well, I think they were recording that night, so maybe it was a little more structured. Yeah, that night. I think so but, also. And now Roger, who just got over bronchitis, took about four or five songs to get warmed up. It's interesting you say that. I read the LA Times review this morning of the show, and the guy in the LA Times who reviewed it said, uh, Roger, who usually takes four or five songs to warm up, <laughs> came out of the gate on time. And I was like, mm, I don't I agree still with think that. he needed four or five, yeah. Because I was thinking it as soon as you leaned over and said it to me. His voice just clicked yeah, in. Because like, all of yeah, a sudden like it was like, oh, there we go. Yeah. But again, he's 70, is he 75? I think somewhere around there. And to sing Love Rain Over, over Me, and behind blue eyes, mm-hmm. those are difficult songs. <clears throat> and he nailed both of them. And he nailed both of them because it was after four songs. And yet, you and I just think the show was about a seven out of ten. I gotta say, I didn't love it. Yeah, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. Why didn't we love it? What was it? Was You're it the company two- we were keeping? Yeah, was it Siegel? Did he bring us down? <laughs> I couldn't stand the two guys behind me. That was you and Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, the two guys behind Mike and I were just—they were just talking. Oh, the two guys in line. Well, the, no, the two guys sitting behind us, you maybe couldn't hear them. They were oh. just talking. Oh, okay. No, I didn't see Yeah, we ran that. into some idiots at that show. Fuck, dude. First of all, we're in line. I interrupted you. You were going to keep, you were going to um, pontificate about what we didn't like about oh, the what, show. All right, here's my theory. First of all, I've seen several bands um, join an orchestra yeah. at the ball. I don't think I've liked any of them. Okay. I think I liked Bex, and that was it. I saw Willie Nelson. What a bust. Like, you don't... Yeah. I saw the Go-Go's. They were good with the orchestra. And they I did saw... Go-Go's did an orchestra? Yes. See, I don't know if I'd like that. Fourth of July. It was... They didn't do all the songs, but, you know, okay. they... From time to time, they go, okay, this one's with the orchestra. Well, that's what that's what Beck did. I think he opened it up, and then yeah. he brought in the orchestra, yeah. and then they sent him out and closed it out. But remember, it, the Who played uh, some uh, a big piece of Tommy and a big piece of Quadrophenia. That's so... my second thing, which I think made it uh, mm-hmm. not a good show. A really bad opening set. I think because they well they had to start with the orchestra, so they start with overture from Tommy, which is great. But then they go into a couple different, you know, less played, you know, very low energy uh, Tommy songs. So you're kind of getting off like you're kind of getting off to a very slow start, and then. 
See, that's fantastic. Yeah. And then you get to that part where uh, Pete has his guitar break, yeah. and, and that's fantastic. But then you go into, what was what's the other songs they played off of Tommy that just came through? I had the set list up earlier, but I don't remember. But it was I like the first either. four songs. Yeah. And they're kind of a snooze, mm-hmm. unless you're there to listen to the whole album. So right. I, I think it just got off to a late start. And then you come on to Pinball Wizard, and my favorite part of Pinball Wizard is when you know Pete's going that ching 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 and then it comes in with that root note. They fucking did it on a French horn. I was, like, I was like, ah, well, that sucks. Pretty much. So that's my theory. I just got yeah. off to a slow start. And then when they ditched the orchestra, they sounded great. Yeah. They yeah. sounded great. If you're going to do that much Tommy, play all of Tommy and yeah. bill it that way. And I got to be honest, I'm okay if they don't play Tommy or Quadrophenia anymore. Grab the, grab the three songs from that, but mix them in the set. You don't have to play them in order. You oh, don't yeah. have to let us know that this is our Tommy chunk. This right. is our Quadrophenia chunk. Just... Mix it in. That's what I was telling Mary. I'm like, Mary, go back and listen to Tommy. There are maybe three singles off that album. Right? Just play those. See Just play those. You're done. Yeah. Play them. Pinball Wizard, done. Yeah. I mean, I love both of those, but I've seen them do. I've saw, I saw them do Quadrophenia at right. the Staples Center, and it was amazing, but... I think I've seen them do Tommy somewhere too, but I just... But they're know. billed like that, and I don't know why bands are doing it. Like, I, did, I, I, I didn't... I decided not to see Brian Ferry mm-hmm. because he played all of Avalon... Mm-hmm. But he broke it up. He'd like open with an Avalon song, go do two Brian Ferry solo songs, come back with a. Uh, with so a did you rock? Would music. you want him to do that or not want to? Do I wouldn't that? want him to do it. I'd just do all of Avalon, close out with some singles, or open with some singles, yeah. do all Avalon, close out with some singles. Drop Avalon right in the middle. Bam, done. I'm there. I'll pay the three hundred dollars. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that was the now, that, that was the deciding factor. Now Amy Lehman might have a different take on it because she was in, like, I think, the second row. And oh, it's I'm always sure. great from the second oh, row. Absolutely. It's always great. You can go to the Wiggles in, in the second row and have yeah, a good time. Yeah, and it's fantastic. So, okay, that's how we felt. But we still had a good time hanging out. But everyone that we came in contact with, we were waiting in line. Mike wanted to get a beer, and Mary and I were getting waters. So we're in line. The guy that's standing in front of Mike, instead of facing towards <laughs> oh, yeah. the concession where we're headed to, he, he was turned around facing Mike, which caused Mike to have to turn around and talk, talk to us. And and we didn't like, want that. No, we, that guy wasn't even talking to us. Why is he We didn't want to that? talk to Mike. <laughs> <laughs> then the guy behind us, he, he was a short, really short. In a suit. An, an older, what, in his 60s? Yeah, yeah. And, um, but he, well kept. Like, yeah. like, he, like he's like a, a, a financial advisor yeah, yes. who just got off work. But he's like, we're not really talking to him, but he's all. talking and we're supposed to answer him. And at one point he says the fucking stupidest thing. I can't believe that I didn't say anything to him. He said, yeah, you think the band would get some better broads around here? <laughs> meaning, meaning the women that were at the show. Well, first of all, the band doesn't import the women who come to the show. And how many fucking ugly dudes did we see right. I mean, oh, exactly it's, it's just a stupid first of all broads i yeah. got a red flag over that yeah absolutely first of all if you're he, serious who uses broads he's serious that's that not, guy was serious and he's not with anyone right he's alone he's talking he's, to he's three a, guys yeah, who, who aren't who are ignoring him and not very attractive either no he's a miserable person we can make that argument <laughs> <laughs> we did see some celebrity sightings that we saw chad smith well celebrity the red hot, rough come on i know i know. red hot chili peppers we saw uh, the luckiest drummer ever yeah, Kelly Osborne. Yeah, it took me a sec. She's she looks great. Yeah, purple she looks hair. Great purple hair. Lost a lot of weight. The dude she was with and kissing. Let me on. tell you something. Hot broad. <laughs> <laughs> the dude she was with and kissing on. Not a hot dude at all. I was trying to figure out if I could figure out who that was. I, I saw could... him in the bathroom. Okay. He had really really bad acne scars on okay. on on his face, and I was just like, 
she could do much better than that guy. Uh, I also saw Will Forte in the bathroom. I didn't see him. Uh, trucker hat and trucker mustache and a flannel shirt. I think he might have been doing a character. Okay. <laughs> and then we saw Mick Fleetwood. Mick, yeah. How do you miss Mick Fleetwood? You well, don't. Him and, him and Chad Smith are both like six oh, that's something. That's true. That's true. And then that leads us to another obnoxious drunk guy who was standing behind me. And he was just, I don't know. He had been six foot four, yeah. 380, had a beer. And he's like, I can't. So I'm really glad to tell you this, but Mick Fleetwood's here. Yeah, we know. He's 6'7", <laughs> and he's in a costume. He's right. got a hat, and he's got... He's dressed uh, like the cover of Rumors, basically. He basically is. He's <laughs> dressed like Mick Fleetwood dresses at a photo shoot for the band. Absolutely, and as you should. If you're as you go, should. If you're Mick Fleetwood, you go out. Yeah. And so I said, I know, I, I saw him. He's like, well, I don't know. To us, uh, to us nobodies, that's really impressive. Okay, like, well, who do you think we are, Baldwin? We are. Yeah. Like, what do you think? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was impressive. But step back. Yeah, relax. Tell your friend Tell your about friend it. Who's Tell standing your friend. next to you. Why talk to us? Why? We don't look. Are we, we that inviting? We, no, we can't possibly have looks on our faces that says, "Please talk to us." <laughs> We're already. No Mike way. and I are already, are already fighting because I pissed him off at dinner. So There's, Mike and what I. What did you do at dinner? Oh, uh, we had a. That before I got there. No, it was after you got there. We had di- we met for dinner first. We bought uh, Pat dinner as a thank you for the tickets yes even though i don't do any I, all i have to do is write a review but still but, but i appreciate it they had one of those handheld credit card things yeah and we were splitting the check yeah and somehow it got into my hands and mm-hmm. i couldn't figure it out and the waitress it should have been in the waitress hands yeah. so mike took over and then mike was having trouble figuring it out and then I, th- I thought the whole thing was so funny i'm like man this is taking way too long and mike shot me a look I'm like, it's a, it's a shame you're not a father, dude, because I instantly apologize. I'm like, I thought it was funny, man. And he just fucking stared me down. Oh, my God. Well, again, he, I think he just got home, and he left the next morning. Oh, that's so true. He was I'm amazed that that guy makes time to do stuff, like big things, like a concert or come here to record, Like, because I'll be like, hey, when are you in town? I get in Monday, but then I leave Wednesday. Do you want to record Tuesday? Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'm like, okay. He's lonely. Open for anything. <laughs> he's got nothing. He's got no family. He's got he no kids. He listens to the show. He listens to the show. He's not lonely. He just has more time than someone that's married with kids. That's what I'm saying. He's not lonely. I know he's not lonely. Not lonely at all? No, I know he's not. But he doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have a wife and kids. You and think he's lonely? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Should we get into the topic? Why do you think he took so long with that credit card? He just wanted to talk to the waitress. He's got nobody to talk to. Well, he's single, so he can talk to the waitress. He knows how to talk to the waitress. Amen. I don't know how to talk to a woman. <laughs> you mean abroad? Abroad. <laughs> like uh, about the skirts. Here we go. Here's the topic. <clears throat> I'll tell you right now. The topic is called Kill Bomb. We did a topic in 2012. I think it was episode 70. That was with he who shall not be named and Kyle sitting in as producer way back then. I don't oh, know early where, on. I don't know where our producer was at that point, but we did a show called Kill Em All. Oh, so that was songs with "kill" in the title. Oh, okay. Today we are doing "kill bomb." We will play songs with either "kill" or "bomb" in the title. I bet there's a song out there called "kill bomb." Maybe, or that's, at least a band. That's a band name, right? Yeah. The reason we're doing this is Murray has an upcoming comedy tour. Yeah. You got a lot of gigs coming up. I got a lot of from. This will probably drop after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the ASAP club will hear it Oh okay yeah starting uh, next week in Seattle yeah. On October 23rd Also the words kill and bomb relate to Stand up comedy Because mm-hmm. you either kill Which is good Or you bomb Which is Siegel 
<laughs> why am I back on Seagull? That's why he's so sad. Oh, is that why he's on? That's um, you don't kill or bomb. You could have an okay set. You could have an oh, yeah, in-between set. Absolutely. But uh, but you want to kill and you don't want to bomb. You don't want to bomb. No. No. What, 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 was your, what was your batting average? I don't know. Don't use an actual batting average because mm. I don't know what that means. Batting average. Well, what was your ratio from kill to bombs? Do you think you bombed more? Did you kill more? Did you have more okay sets? I was probably more, you know, I, I never, I never headlined. I was always, I got to the feature spot okay. and that's where I was. <clears throat> that's uh, the golden spot. It's it hard, it's hard to, spot. it's hard to bomb. Not saying that I've never bombed in the yeah. middle spot. I have, but it's hard to bomb in the middle probably spot. Probably more bombing came when, when you start out and you're opening mm. Or when you overbook yourself when you're not ready to headline and you headline. Oh, I think that's a move every comic does. That's a mistake because you just. But you have to. And like, all right, I'm you want to try it. Yeah. And you want that money. Yeah. You want that extra fifty bucks on a one nighter <laughs> or an extra whatever it is. Right. But um, um, I think I would have a solid, a solid, you know, a seven or eight out of ten oh, that's when I was, good. you know, I mean, starting out, that's pretty good. Also, if I was bombing, I didn't just power through. Mm-hmm. I would acknowledge that I was bombing. I think that's the... And then try to make fun of myself sure. for bombing. Because the worst thing is, is when someone's bombing, he knows he's bombing. The audience knows he's bombing. And he just keeps going like he's not bombing. Right. And I think if you let the audience know, hey, I know this is not going well... You can win some people over. Oh, absolutely! I think you that, can at least get some smiles. Yeah, and for the most part, you can probably win a motor that way because there's yeah. a there's a connection between the audience and the comic, you know. And yeah. they see what's going on, and you see what's going on. And if you're ignoring it, then they just it makes them more uncomfortable. And then when I watch yeah. the when I watch people bomb, they just and they don't know what they're doing, and they continue and <laughs> burn through it. Yep. They're supposed to do 20 minutes, but they're getting no laugh, so they burn through 20 minutes material in 12 in minutes. 12 minutes. And, and then now they got eight minutes of nothing. They got eight more minutes to bomb. <laughs> Only one time. Now, when you're in the back of the room and your friend's up there and he's bombing, that's the best set. Oh, are you see kidding? That's just, it's we live greatest. for that. Yeah, we live for laugh that. laugh <laughs> comes off. They said, fuck you. You, know, you just like laugh. <laughs> Only one time did I pull an opener off the stage from the sound. You can just mm-hmm. say, I'll make up her time. And that was like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And she was an opener and the booker put her up to middle mm-hmm. as a test. And she wasn't ready. No. And she got about, she was supposed to do a half hour and she got about 12 minutes into it, 15 minutes into it. And yeah. I, I went to the sound guy and I go, man, I never do this, but lighter, I'll make up the time. I cool. promise. Good for you. Well, she was walking people. Yeah. You know, she was literally walking the audience and I don't ever want to do that. Yeah. I, but it was like, I don't want to go up there. There's 200 people here. Yeah. I don't want to go up there in front of 75 mm-hmm. who are pissed and bitter and angry. Yeah. And then uh, I told the booker, the booker's like, how'd she do? I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm not being a jerk or anything, but I don't think she's ready. Yeah. And he said, can you talk to her for me? <laughs> no. no, it's not my <laughs> it's your job. fucking job, man. Um, as far as killing goes, that would depend like there were, there would be certain clubs where I'd be like, "Oh, I'm here for the week. I always have good shows here," mm-hmm. and and you would just, I don't know if it, if it was internal that you would just, and you just do great shows there. There's yeah. just something about it. One nighters, that's a crapshoot. Oh, absolutely. Probably more often bomb than not. Absolutely. The situation's not good. You're in the corner of the bar next to the salad bar. They turn off the sports games sometimes for the, for the comedy, or or they leave it on. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, I, that's what I, I was talking about this with somebody the other day. I feel like bombing after you've been in it a while and you've, you're established yeah. and, um, 
you know, you know what you're doing. Bombing usually happens circumstantially. Yeah. Not the performance in your right. material. It's yeah, usually it's just, like I had a really crappy. I would say I bombed, but the booker said I just I didn't. Yeah. But you always. But it was I was in a I was headlining a benefit in a yacht club. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and they had a, a half hour break before, between the opener and yeah. me, and they served dessert, so everybody was into their ice cream yeah. when I went on. So it's circumstantial a lot of times. Then there's like there's a sometimes there's a, it's circumstantial where the situation's all bad, the setup, the lighting, everything, and then the room that booked you will get mad at you if you make fun <laughs> of the circumstance. They'll go, "Hey, why'd you make fun of the lighting?" And I'm like. Well, because it's not perfect and right. it got laughs. And everybody yeah, but knows. You're making, you're making fun of our place. I'm like, all right. Everybody's thinking it. Can I have my $75? <laughs> um, and my drink ticket. The, uh, what, was the, what was the other thing I was going to say? And, th- and then there, there are comedians like, you know, Seinfeld would probably be one of these people that says, uh, there's, it's never a bad audience. It's your job to, and I'm like, okay. Lewis Black said that. Lewis I know Black, that for a it's fact. It's never it a bad a, audience. Okay. Yeah, and I fucking look, disagree with that 100%. I do disagree with that, but look, sometimes sometimes it's not a bad audience. It's more the circumstance. It's more the circumstance. Absolutely, absolutely. That's what I agree with. Like, I, this sounds great in my headphones right now, mm-hmm. but when you when it's a bad sound system and you're trying to do your oh, act, yeah. it's horrible. Oh, yeah, I did. I was working in Vegas one time, and um, the, for some reason, the fire alarm kept going off. Mm-hmm. Terrific. And I was supposed to do 15 minutes and uh, the manager just let me up there to swing because I was opening. Okay. I was opening the show yep. and he just left me up there and I would go and it would stop and I would start in and then all of a sudden, meh, meh, meh. And, and I went up, I was up there for like 45 minutes yeah. and I get, finally I get off and I'm like, why did you do that? He's like, oh, I didn't want the headliner to deal with it. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, I guess so. It was kind of, I was like... I think it was also kind of a trial by fire for me also. Right. He was, so yeah, well, look, a lot of things can happen differently. We're 27 minutes in. We have played music. We played a UFO song yeah, and we absolutely. played uh, the Who Overture. Yes. So let's get into this. All right. Kill Bomb songs with Kill, kill, kill Bomb. Are we going bomb. Kill Bomb, Kill Bomb or All Kill, yeah, All Bomb? Yeah, whatever. You, I have them back and forth. But you can play whatever you want. All right, cool. There's no rules. Am I starting this? Why not? Who Good. cares? Yeah, who no cares? One, everyone stopped Nobody's listening because we Nobody weren't playing music. Right. All right. Um, one of the reviews uh, on iTunes is somebody said they love the show, but they said um, we play too much rap. <laughs> and I can't even tell you the last time I heard a rap song on this show. Did he listen the one time we played I a rap know. song? Well, t- tell him to turn it off now. What was the topic that day? Rap? <laughs> <laughs> turn it off, whoever you are, because here's Cypress Hill, how I could just kill a man. In like 2007, I, I was working on a TV show and uh, I got into Cypress Hill 
for literally 72 hours. <laughs> they would walk into the writer's room. It was like, oh, you listen to Cypress Hill? Yeah, the next day. Oh, you listen to Cypress Hill the next day. They're like, why aren't you listening to Cypress Hill? I'm like, I'm done. I got it. I got it. I don't know where that MP3 came from, but that was recorded very low. So I know. Heard, I don't know what that was. You heard was. me turn it up from the computer, like beep, 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 that noise. Yeah, who knows? I've had that, you know, I could have, I mean, I literally could have Napstered it if it was, if I got it in 2007. This song is, this my song I'm going to play is badass. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. This is it is, Killer Bomb? Oh, it's Kill. Ooh. It's, uh, it's Christmas in Killarney. The holly green, the ivy green, the prettiest picture you've ever seen is Christmas in Killarney with all of them. Okay, that's a joke. I don't like that's this show already. That's not really, that's not really <laughs> my song. What is that from? That's just Bing Crosby's White Christmas album. Oh, really? I have that. All right. No, look, that doesn't count. That's not my choice. That was just, uh, that was just uh, stupid fun mm. and more stupid than fun. Uh, all my songs are either kill or bomb. I don't have bomber or bombing I don't have, or killing. I have all or killer. I have is the. Uh, That's fine. The act of. That's fine. Okay. All right. So Maybe here's a my couple first straight one. bombs. Here's my first one. This is a this is a classic song, Cherry Bomb. But this is Joan Jett's solo version. Okay. Of Cherry Bomb, I think it's from Glorious Results of a Misspent Youth. Here we go. It's just a great song. It's just a great song. Are those hand claps in there? Mm, probably. I can't. I couldn't tell if those are hand claps or not. I assume they are. What? I mean, yeah, it's got to be. Do you like that version better? Or do you like the original? I like them both, actually. Yeah, they're I, I don't. There's um, not enough. I mean, Joan it, wrote it with Kim Fowley, so but Cherry sang it originally, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. In underwear. In underwear. Yeah. <laughs> At like 15. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What was wrong with the 70s? I think it was Kim Fowley and management and I think Kim Fowley. Label. Can you yeah. think if Kim Fowley was a decent human being? No, I don't believe so. <laughs> All right, what do you got can we, for us? Can we call an audible and you can call down? You can just say just, whatever you want. Just tell me the song and I'll play it. This is the song. Since it's you play Cherry Bomb, this mm -hmm. is you got your Cherry Bomb by Spoon off Ga 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 Ga. To spoon on this album. That's a great song. And is this whole album great? That's yeah, I really the whole, al the whole that album song. is really good. This is the only album I really love. I'm sure from the uh, some of the fans I talked to of uh, Rock Solid, there's a lot of Spoon fans. But this, if you want to recommend something for Pat, this is the only one I really, really got into. Yeah, I like my, that a lot. My friend calls him Billy Joel the band. 
then I'd love them. Yeah. Brad, can you bring up on YouTube? Can you bring up a song? Or is mm-hmm. that, do we have a wire for that today? No, no, we, I think I can do it. Bring up The Underdog by uh, Spoon. Oh, I can hear you clicking. I know. This is one we miss Kyle. That's the only thing I miss is one Kyle. That's the only thing looks, about Kyle you miss? He looks up stuff. Oh, all right. No, we do miss Kyle. Get back here, Kyle. I'd love to have Kyle back here. Okay, Spoon the Underdog on YouTube. Let's you got it? That. Let's see what this is, this is, listen to this and tell me this isn't Billy Joel the band. Okay. I think there's going to be a 30-second ad first. Let me, I can skip it in five seconds. Okay. Is there a YouTube you can purchase to where you can skip ads? Who doesn't skip the ad? I know. I just paused right in the middle of the ad. All right, here we go. Now it's going to play. The aspect ratio changed. <laughs> Spoon, the underdog. Does that sound like Billy Joel to you? I know you think that Not the voice, but the sure. overall sound. It could be, yeah. All right, anyway, that's off, I believe that's off the same album. So I highly recommend that album for you, if you like that. Didn't think I'd have to edit anything, but okay. No, you need to edit the whole up top. <laughs> no, that's fun. That separates us from shows that uh, have people that uh, don't have fun stuff to talk about. Oh, okay. Like Later. Mike? Mike Siegel, alone in his apartment. Talks about lonely stuff. Uh, This song I'm going to play is from 1981. Here's the band. Here's the band that plays on this whole entire album. Okay. Jeff Beccaro on drums. Mm -hmm. John Regan on bass. Mm -hmm. Steve Lukather on guitar. Mm -hmm. And I forget who's on keyboard. So that's the band. And the album is Breaking All the Rules. It's a Peter Frampton album. Wow. So Frampton's all, you got Lukather and Frampton. Two guitar gods. And, uh, Unsung I, guitar gods. Yep. And I love this song. I mean, I love this album, and this is a pretty good song. It's called You Kill Me. Recorded right here in LA at the AM Studios, the Charlie Chaplin soundstage. That's uh, over on La Brea. La Brea across yeah. from what's the strip club across from there? I don't know. We just passed it on the way to Who the other day. It's either perfect. Seven Bales or Crazy Girls or one of yeah, those. Perfect place for a strip club because when bands are in there recording, they right. take a break, they can walk across. The and street. then it became the uh, Henson. Henson. And then it became AM or back or. I think it's still Henson. Yeah, because there's a big Kermit the Frog on top yeah. of it. Okay. That's where We Are the World was recorded okay. and you know, all that. The good Stones stuff. recorded a bunch of stuff there. Yeah. Um, who wrote that song? That song was written by Peter Frampton. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Well let's well let's keep it a little a, I got a lot of mellow songs for people. Did for you like that song? Did you like that? I liked that it. Song? I liked that. I was gonna say I liked it. All right, cool. So it makes me wonder if I'd like the rest of the album since, the whole that, since great. that was your not your favorite. Yeah. You know what? I 
that just came out of my mouth. I love that song. Okay. I, I don't have a favorite on the album. The whole album's as solid as that song is. Mm-hmm. So if you like that song, you like the whole album. Right. But it's one of those when Frampton just wasn't selling albums. Yeah, well, didn't Frampton just sell one album? Uh, yep. <laughs> okay. Pretty much. Does he ever play, like, did you see him this past? No. Have you ever seen him live? Uh, yes. Who was he? Was he with live. Humble Pie? When I saw him live, no. No, it not, was, um, not, no, was he originally with Humble Pie? Yes. Does he play any Humble Pie tunes? Mm, I think so. Okay. I think maybe one. Okay. You know, I saw him at the Greek Theater, and it was John Waite, uh, and then Peter Frampton, and then Journey. Oh, that's it. That's that's the perfect Pat. It's the perfect, <laughs> the perfect Pat show ever. Yeah, and Neil Sean came out and played uh, a song with John Waite. Oh, when beginning. you couldn't get it, when it couldn't get any better for Pat, Neil Sean comes out. <laughs> right. That's fantastic. Now, all you just need is a drunk guy standing next to you. I know. Always. All right. I don't know why all my songs that have bomb and kill in the title are mm. really mellow. All right. So let me just jump around and get something. Let's go with... Just uh, like your act. <laughs> Let's go with The Talking Heads, Psycho Kill. Er. Er. Kiss-kiss-se. Seem to face up to the fight. And so nervous and I can't relax. Can't sleep. Bed's on fire. Don't touch me, I'm a real life wife. Man, if you get a chance and go and you got time on YouTube, go just Google uh, Stop Making Sense concert, mm-hmm. the movie. It is fantastic. Yeah. Yep. It is. Their uh, version of Life During Wartime is, mm-hmm. dude, I would pay. That's probably the only band I would pay a ton of money to see if they ever got back together. Never knew that was a cover. Of uh, Stop Making Sense? No, no. The, Life During Life, Wartime? Isn't that a cover song? Um, possibly. I didn't know that either. Let me see. Who do you think uh, originally did it? I don't know. I could be wrong. It could be. Why? Just when you during... said their version of Life During Wartime, oh, that I made meant, me think I you meant, meant the live version. I meant the version of Life During Wartime on uh, Stop well, Making Sense. It's not a cover. Yeah, a song by Catiano Veloso and David Byrne. All right, so it's not a cover. Mm-mm. I don't know why you thought that. I don't either. It was right. the way you said it, and then in my head, it popped in my head like, oh, that's a cover song. Mm. It says songwriters Byrne, Franz, Harrison, and Weymouth. Mm-hmm. So that's not a cover at all. No. Mm, I know what I know, right. and I admit when I don't know it. Okay. Well, uh, what I looked up was a cover version by Cotliano. <laughs> so we don't so know we're anything. we both idiots. We should not host a po- uh, music podcast. Not this early. Oh, no Not way. at two in the afternoon. Oh, man. I just woke up. This is from 1995. The album was produced by Rick Rubin. This band is still around, supposed to have new music out next year and a tour, probably their final tour. This album's called Ball Breaker. The band is ACDC. I know I've played this before. This is Love Bomb.
I am not lying when I say this. Literally on the drive over here today, Shoot to Thrill comes on. It's great. And I usually turn it off because I've heard it a so thousand many times. times. Right. But I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to listen to this. I haven't listened to it in a while. And I was over, I'm like, God damn, this is good. I got to listen to more ACDC. <laughs> And then you play that fucking turd. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, uh, you you could definitely call that a turd, and yet I don't see anything wrong with that. I, listen, I like plenty of... Boom, boom. Look, I like it's plenty of crappy music, man. Strong. I get it. I like plenty of crappy music, too. But it's so weird. It just, yeah. Some, sometimes a crap song clicks with you. Sometimes it doesn't. I know. I know. Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson hosts an interview show now on Access TV. Wait, does he host it or was he, he a guest on? He was a guest on Dan Rather, which was a kind of a cross promotion for his oh, show. Oh, I didn't know that. His show is the same as Dan Rather's show. Except they both have shows I want. <laughs> Can't they be comfortable with the careers they already have? <laughs> Do they now have to interview rockers? <laughs> That's like celebrities doing podcasts, man. Oh, my God. Conan O'Brien has a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Conan O'Brien has a TV show for <laughs> 25 years. So lame. I've said this, like if you, Murray, if you wanted to go have a TV show, you just can't go have a TV right, show. Right, right, right. But anyone can have a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, you won, dude. You oh won. Oh my God. Yeah, you won the lottery. Now you, and then, and then they all have great guests. Conan O'Brien's going to sit down with Adam Sandler. And, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, come on, man. Neil Pert from Rush will sit down with, uh, or if you're going to do, do something cool and different like Kevin Nealon. Where he just goes on hikes with his friends. Yeah, that's cool. And that's that's kind of cool and interesting. You're just basically listening to a Conan O'Brien show. Here's what my fear is, because we live in L.A. The more L.A., the more gigantic celebrities in L.A. that have podcasts and then start to have musical guests on. I mean, I already have to compete with Marin, who right. can get anyone, because he has a publicist and stuff. Sure. I, this is a grassroots campaign. Right. When I get someone in here... It's a miracle. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I love about podcasting. And I've been podcasting for close to eleven years. And I've done. Yeah. I've been. I've done panels at Comic Con on yeah. it at the Writers Guild. And everybody is always, you know, how do you monetize? How do you get advertisers? And I'm just always like, find your own way to make your money. Because once you get out, yeah. this is guerrilla radio. This isn't it's, covered by FCC. I know. I know. You can say fuck. You can. You can have whoever you want on. You, Cocksucker. You can do anything you want. Motherfucker. Stop. Like, let it be... Stop making sense. Let it be what it is. The Beatles, let it be. Let Pat continue to do stuff like this. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, my fear is that it's going to be like, hey, would blah, blah, blah like to do the show? No, they're going to do Marin, and then they're right. doing Cone. And then it's like, oh, so now I'm competing with those guys. And yeah. That's, and then, so, then they're going to have that clause, like, if you play yeah. Coachella, you can't play yeah. Los Angeles with six months before or six I months know. after. It's, so, yeah. I mean, luckily, luckily, I have a list a big list of people that have done the show and that's what I use to get oh, absolutely. other people to do and you the get show. some great guests, man. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. what yeah. are you going to do? I keep trying. Listen, just play them a clip of you interviewing somebody, a clip Marin have interviewed and they'll realize, oh, Pat knows what he's talking about. Marin doesn't. Marin, is, it's such a rough when he has a, when he has a musical guest because I, I, I've only listened a few times when he has other, like when he has comedian guests on and those are good. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to say he's terrible. Right. He, I, he's just not good when he has a music person on because yeah. he doesn't even bother to do the research or yeah. anything. But yeah, like you've had people on, and I won't say who they are, who you're not technically a fan of, right. or I don't know their well, no, catalog. No, no, no. I yeah, don't want to say I, not a fan, fan of, of, but, but just, I wasn't, I'm not, um, 
Yeah, I wasn't super familiar, but I get but familiar. But you get familiar with them. You I would do. Never, you would never know. I know which ones you are yeah. and aren't. I don't and want them coming in here and then being like, I fucking guy didn't know what so the fuck he was doing. So how long have you been playing bass? I play keyboards. Yeah, so what's that like? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it different like than playing drums? All right, let's kill a, let's kill a song right now. No, okay. let's bomb a song. Love bomb. Let's bomb a song. Bomb love. Which one? One of my favorite bands, the old 97s. Okay. It's probably their biggest song. This is Time Bomb. Here we go. Turn it up loud, Captain. Let me tell you, I'm a huge fan of the old 97s. Mm-hmm. Rhett Miller is a great songwriter. Good song. Murray Hammond is an amazing bass player. Mm-hmm. But the key to that band is Ken Bathia, the guitar player. Because all those songs are just riff heavy like that. And if you take those, I think, I think that is the key to that band is that guitar player. Well, I'm going to call an audible right now, Murray, because right. you played a song by the old 97s called Time Bomb. So we're about to have a title fight, and it's a battle royale. Guess what? who just jumped into the ring to play a song called Time Bomb? The Ramones. Oh, right, of course. That's great. What's weird about that song is that doesn't sound like Joey on vocals. Oh, really? I didn't pick that up at all. I mean, it, to, the way it's recorded, it does not sound like, to me, it Can doesn't sound like, like Joey. You mean, you want to hear the... Just clip? whatever you just okay. heard. Oh, I disagree. His voice is in the, like he doesn't have that Joey Ramone sound to me. I just think it's I think I think he's You know what I think it oh is? Oh my god, you know why? Why? That's Didi on vocals. Really? It sounds yes. like Yes. That's Didi. It sounds like Joey to me, man. It doesn't sound like Joey to me at all. And that's why. Wow, all right. Wow. Wow. We never knew that. We're just full of swings and misses today, man. Well, we don't know anything don't about know music. Shit. I don't know anything about music. Wow, we sound we're like a couple of Marins over here. Here we go. A couple of, a bunch of ladies, four of them just jumped into the ring. Broads? Yeah, broads, including friend of the show, broad uh, Kathy Valentine. This is her band the Blue Bonnets with Time Bomb. I'm a walking time bomb. A temper tantrum 
think of that eh it's okay that's uh her partner uh musical partner uh and uh, singer and bassist dominique davalos not police par- de- detective partner not uh not uh not um you know not her um life partner oh okay but who's uh, her life partner mm, i don't know she's uh she's divorced okay if she was married she has a, she has a daughter okay uh, i don't want to talk about it Oh, I didn't realize you guys are married. Here's the thing. At one I, point. <laughs> I've proven that I don't know anything today, so I don't want to start throwing. She doesn't have a daughter. <laughs> she doesn't have a daughter. What if she heard the show and goes, I've been married for, for 25 years. <laughs> same man. So, yeah. anyway. And you're worried about competing with me. Okay. So, <laughs> hey, man, have you watched the country documentary at all? The Ken Burns country documentary on PBS? Not yet, but I heard, but people have been telling me it's good. Dude, it, it sounds it, like we're doing an ad for it. It's I know. That's what fucking I, fantastic, man. And I'll be, I'll give, I'll be honest with you. The first episode is a little, it's a little slow. Um, what are they talking about? Jug bands? Like someone's got before, like a- before that stuff, like before really it became country music. Mm-hmm. It was country and Western and before okay. that it was called hillbilly music. And, uh, but man, I'm telling you, it gets really good, especially when you get up into the, uh, when Mount Elvis and Cash come in in the 50s. Kenny Chesney? When Kenny Chesney comes I haven't in? got that far yet. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't watched any of it yet. Okay. Is it on PBS? It's on PBS. And man, but when you get into the 60s and 70s, oh, it's really good. It is really good. Right. And uh, I just finished the episode with uh, focusing on George Jones. I know. Then I know what song we're going to play. Yes. And this is If Drinking Don't Kill Me, Her Memory Will. On Rock Solid. The podcast. Is this a Rock Solid exclusive? <laughs> yes. This just came out. Years after he died. If drinking don't kill me, her memory will. I can't hold out much longer the way that I feel with the blood from my start my own steel but if drinking don't kill me her memory will so good man now what's funny is if I write across, if I have, if I if I write across the whiteboard at mm. the top, I put I write the word music and then I draw a line underneath it. I can list this song and love bomb. <laughs> They're all under the heading that those both of those songs are under the heading of music. Right, right. George Jones and ACDC. Yeah. Oh, well, but it's so good. Music is vast, Murray. That's oh, what no, I'm trying to say. That's what I say. like about it. And I, I hate. I, I really. I bother. It. It doesn't bother me, but I just think you're missing when somebody says, "Oh yeah, man, I don't like that. I don't like that style of music." 
Or I don't like that genre of music. Well, look, I, I like oh. heavy metal, but I don't like all heavy metal. I right. like country. I don't like all country. Absolutely. I like rap. I, like I don't punk. like all rap. I don't I like, like all punk. punk. Yeah. So yeah. why would somebody be like, you know what? I don't like so, hip hop. You mean so dismissive of me? Yeah, really. I don't like right. country. I don't like metal. I like, yeah. I mean, if you can't find something good in any genre of music, then you're not looking. Yeah. Now, if you tell me I don't like music, then that's a different thing. Yeah. Then I'm like, well, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I broke up with, I went out with a girl, we got a first date and she said she didn't, she wasn't really into music. I've had people, I've and had she people didn't say, a, she didn't own a stereo, really she didn't own and I was like, okay, all right. When I was looking for uh, a, a new, some new female people to bring in after April left, uh, one of the people I asked, she told me, she goes, nah, I'm not really, I don't really, I just listen to the radio and, you know. Is that Pilar? No, no, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was. I was like, I'm shocked because I thought this was going to be a go. Really? You have to tell me who that is and why you would think she would be into music. You must not have known her that well. No, I know. I know her enough. Okay. You know what I mean? All right. But um, oh well, what are you going to do? Highly recommend the uh, documentary uh, country music on yeah. PBS. Ken Burns. This woman does not recommend it. She doesn't like music. No, she doesn't like music? Huh. From 1984, the album is called Read My Lips. The artist, this is his uh, solo album, Away From The Band, his first solo album, Away From His Band. I will tell you something about this guy. I'm not going to tell you his name. I'm just going to tell you something about him, and you'll know who it is. This guy does not want to go to the fucking valley. This song is called Thrill of the Kill. You saw him yell at me. I saw the whole. I was over. I was, you were there. I You're my there. witness. I was there. I can attest to everything. I was talking to Prairie Prince. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a mutual friend, Bobby Slayton, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "What's that scuffle over there?" And I turn around, and Fee Waybills in your face. Oh, that's your band. That's your lead singer and my friend. <laughs> and yet, I got to go to his house and spend three hours. Right. And you after invited me along, but I couldn't go. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I remember I, I made the mistake, and it, and I what? First of all, their guitar player. Fantastic. What do you know his name offhand? Um, oh my god, I do know his name, but I, it's I'm um, having an, an okay. Oh, that guy, a, a I was so he was amazing, blown away by his guitar playing that night. It was fantastic, yeah, and uh, we need to give him props because he is so good. And you, I think I tweeted at him, and he like liked it. And I think he might have even said thank you. Uh, and I walked up to him while you're looking it up, and I said, "Oh man, you were I was really blown away. You're by your guitar playing, man. I, it was oh, fantastic." Roger Steen. Roger Steen. Roger Steen. He's an original member. Yeah. And he's fantastic. And I said, this is so great. This is the first time I've ever seen you guys. And he said, yeah. why? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a good that's, point. That's, that's good valid. Point. <laughs> that's valid. <laughs> and because we've never seen him live, we've only heard what he does on, on record. record. But live, he's amazing. Yeah, listen to that guitar on record. He replicates that that's live. A, that's not studio work. That would be what you would call an underrated guitarist. Absolutely, 100% agree. Because, you know, what are you going to do? 100%. 100%. All right, what's your next tune? Oh, was that you? That was I me? played Thrill of the Kill by uh, my friend, Fee, Fee Wable. Wable. All right, let's bring it down a little bit. 
to the band Echo and the Bunnymen. Okay, perfect. This is The Killing Moon. It opens Donnie Darko. Is, uh, Are you up on your echo in the Bunny Men? No, but when I hear songs like, and I feel like I've heard that song before. Sure. When I hear songs that I don't know or know, I, I always like them. Did the Donnie Darko soundtrack only have artists that had like bunny or rabbit or something? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm actually being serious. Did that soundtrack um, only have those type of artists? No, because okay. um, um, uh, Gary Jules did the cover of the Tears for Fears song that got the the huge uh, airplay on that. Okay, cool. So, yeah, that's great. Um, Echo and the Bunny Men do one of my favorite all-time songs, um, Bring on the Dancing Horses. Oh, yeah, that's great. That's just one of my, what do you call them, a mental patient song? Yeah, a song that you could just yeah, listen to over Yeah, it's definitely one of my top Like ten. Mary's Prayer. Yes, that's a great song. Or um, Cruel to be Kind would be one for me. Uh, Bono is on record in the 80s as saying he just wanted to be as good a songwriter as Ian McCulloch from uh, Echo and the Bunny Men. No, keep working on it. Yeah, hopefully someday. <laughs> uh, I'll play a song from a soundtrack then. Since you played that one, I will play a song called Time Bomb Town. Ooh. Uh, I think you're going to like this song. Okay. This is, do you want to know the artist? I want to know the be movie. Surprised. Back to the Future. Is it Huey? It's not Huey. Wait, what? which Back to the Future? The first one. Do you just want to be surprised? Yeah, okay. You'll know who it is. All right, let me hear it. Here we go. Marvin Barry? I got some strange information. This is Lindsay, right? Yeah. Lindsay Buckingham? It's hard to find. Okay. There must be about a million. A single ways to go down. It was hard to find until last year when he released his solo anthology. Do you have that? I do. I have the get the three disc version and you're going to get like um, Holiday Road yeah, yeah. And, and the flip side of that and Time Bomb Town and a whole bunch of cool stuff and some live stuff. Uh, do you want me to send that to you? Would, and then if you like it, you'll purchase it? Absolutely. I was just going to okay. say, I love Lindsey Buckingham solo 80s stuff. Yeah. So that that's from uh that is from the 80s for sure. Yeah. When did the movie come out? 1985, right? Drop you right, right in, the in the center. Right in the middle. Right in the center. What's that? I think I'm in trouble. That's a good song. I'm in trouble. What's the one with the video with the mirror that he put his hands through? Oh. So I go. Yes. That was a different that song. Oh, that's a good song. That's a good song. It was I. What did you just play? A, a killer or a bomb? 
play Time Bomb Town. So I should play a kill? Whatever you want to do. All right, let's see if I got any, any up-tempo kill songs. All my kill songs are mellow. All right, here we go. This is a cover of Video Killed the Radio Star by uh, the self-proclaimed wussy punk Ben Folds. <laughs> five? Ben Folds Five. Well, there's Ben Folds Solo, and then there's Ben Folds Five. Listen to the bass in this. Okay. This is a, a bonus track off of Whatever and Ever, Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, deluxe and, Edition. Yeah, Deluxe Edition, one of those things. And um, <clears throat> what I love about, and I love this album. I Rock in the Suburbs, other people might like a lot more. I don't listen to more Ben Folds than that. But what I love about this album is that fuzz bass is all over this album. It's pretty cool. And they recorded it live in studio. So they didn't overdub. They didn't go back. All right, you play your part. Then Ben will play his part. And then we'll put in the vocals. Mm-hmm. Everything is done top to bottom in one take. All right. I mean, cool. I'm sure it took four or five takes each, but they used to, they start it and they end it, and that's what you get. And I love it. And it sounds great. All right. I like that. that I li- I've heard that version before, and I do like mm-hmm. it. It's pretty cool. Uh, and of course, uh, whatever, whatever, amen, has the uh, really the best song about abortion ever Brick. Brick. It's a great tune. It's a good tune. Their most popular tune. I know. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Um, I never knew it was about abortion until someone pointed that out to me. It's one of those ones where you just listen to lyrics and oh, you don't. This is nice. This is yeah, sweet. Sweet. Mm. Love it. Oh, oh, it's about abortion. Oh, oh mm. well, well, it will. Love it even more. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let me tell you on some guests I'm working for to close out the year. Again, none of these confirmed. Christy Stratton. But I <laughs> that would be a great <laughs> that would be a great get at this point. I it'd be a big get. I watched Bless the Hearts, her show on the other. That, I watched the first one so far. I have not watched I don't last know, week's yet. I don't know which one. I, 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 she I does a voice. She does yes. a Don. The character is Don, the stripper. Mm-hmm. And I texted her while I'm watching. I'm like, is that your voice? Yeah. As a stripper, and mm-hmm. she wrote back, it is indeed. And I wrote, all my dreams have come true. <laughs> And she she go, ha ha! Oh, Murray. Murray. What kind of research did she have to do for that? Well, I don't know. You have to ask her. We'll we'll talk when she's here for the year in review. Well, why don't we just go ahead and decide what she did since we're lying about everything else today? That's true. Uh, Making shit up as we go along. Okay, I'm going to throw out, and again, this is just maybe to get people excited, even though none of it's confirmed. Here's some guests I'm working on to close out this year. We're currently in October. October. Captain and Tennille. (laughs) Don't put it past me. <laughs> did the captain pass though? I want to say he did. Then it would just be Tennille, and I would be—I don't know—the skipper, the skipper, and Tennille. Maybe. Here's here. Here we go. You ready for these? Liz, Purser, Purser, Liz Fair. You're still working. You've been working on Liz for a long. But time. But her people, her people have said, "Yeah, let's try, let's try to do this after the book tour." Oh, that's great. The book tour ends, like, I think, in four days. So if let's... you're looking for a co-host, I'm a huge Liz Fair fan. <laughs> I've seen her live. I'll probably sit here across from her by myself. I know you will. Ace Freely. If you're looking for a co-host, ask somebody else. I'm surprised Ace hasn't done it. I know. He, he's coming through in November, and his people have said, uh, hey, that might be something we can do. You know who you should get to co-host that? Uh, who? Courtney. 
Courtney Cronin. Is she going to fangirl out too much, though? Maybe. I feel like she's met. Oh, she's met Ace. She's toured. I, I think honest, she's toured the, with. I the, think she's um, open for Ace. The uh, as far as uh, having a co-host for the interviews, uh, I'm pro- I probably don't. I don't really do that anymore. Now, look. Let's say I was going to have Bono in. You would get a call. I would fucking kill you. You would get a call. Did. I would kill you if you did. Even it. if it was just to watch and, oh, and, absolutely. and meet him, absolutely. you'd get a call. So I, I always have that on that. Like if I if someone pops in my head that I know, oh, I was a huge fan of this person, you know. Right. Uh, okay, so those two. Uh, Belinda Carlisle. Oh, that's nice. I like that. Yeah, because we can talk about Go-Go's and then her, she's more solo music than she does Go-Go's music. And her Playboy spread. <laughs> okay. That's not helping. But it's true. I'm not going to ask about that. Why not? She did it. I know, but I, you got to be a gentleman. You know that? That's a good looking broad. <laughs> and who's my favorite band? Cheap Trick. Tom Peter- Bunny Carlos. Tom Peterson. <laughs> Tom Peterson from Cheap Trick. The bass player? Mm-hmm. He's my favorite. Oh, really? He is. Now, is he the first bass player or the replacement bass he's player? He's the original bass player. Okay. And he's and, and he the left car salesman four now? years. No, he's still in the band. Oh, who's the car salesman? Uh, bunny maybe <laughs> so uh so those are the four people that uh, I, I got on the hook that's great that's good now they're on the hook right they're not ready to be pulled into the boat yet sure but i'm working on it have you thought of maybe trying to get somebody from you know today liz fair has a book out okay and she's that's that's the one i don't want Marin to get so like, Marin oh, yeah. can get her in a second sure absolutely he doesn't know anything Right. He doesn't know about it. But I mean, thought, oh, so girls play music. <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> but I mean, have you thought of, you know, make, they're all great and they're all definitely in Pat's wheelhouse. But mm-hmm. have you ever thought about going outside your wheelhouse and something, you know, um, George Jones? <laughs> foof, he's dead. Like, I'm, try, I'm trying, but the, but you know what? You, I might be just proving your own point to myself. I'm trying to think of great rock bands around now, and it's just the yeah. Foo Fighters. But have you thought about getting Dave or, or, or the, of Taylor? Taylor's, Taylor's on the comedy scene a lot. Yeah. I mean, I or have, even, uh, Shifflet. Uh, yeah. Cause we could talk about Shefflet. He's out sweeping the front of the building right now. <laughs> yeah. He's got two country albums. I played a song of his uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh, I played, I think I played on the best of my buddy, yeah. uh, Joe Sib helped produce that album. I think cool. and he sent me the album. It's pretty good. All right. Now I'm going to play a kill song, but I'm going to let you decide. Do you want to hear something that I, I almost positive you'll like or something that I, I'm almost positive you'll hate? I think I speak for all of the rock solid listeners. Both. Okay, well, I'm eventually going to play them both, but what do you want to hear right oh. this second? Um, surprise me. I'll tell you if I like it or hate it. How's that? This is from 1981. The album's called Dead Ringer. The artist is Meatloaf. <laughs> and the song is I'll Kill You If You Don't Come Back. Now, listen to Meatloaf's voice. This is the album that followed Bad Out of Hell. Okay. Why do you think this album didn't do well? Wait do you hear his voice. Okay. I don't don't I'm talking jade, about his voice. Don't jade me on this. Okay. I want to make my own decision.
I swear to you, and this is this is from the bottom of my newly refurbished heart. I wanted to like that. I wanted to surprise you yeah. and say I liked it. Yeah. What is going on with his voice? He sounds like he's doing this. He, had, he burnt that voice on the Bad Out of Hell tour. And I mean, this this album comes out four years after that. Album. How long did he tour on that album? Bad Out of Hell for three. Three Jeez. years and 11 months. Wow. <laughs> Here's who's on this album. Ste- did Steinman write all the stuff? Wrote all the songs okay. written by Steinman. It doesn't sound like a bad song. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's six minutes and some seconds. Here's, his own, here's who plays on the album. Davy Johnstone, mm-hmm. Roy Bitton, mm-hmm. Max Weinberg, Liberty DeVito. Mm-hmm. Well, good, great drummers. Uh, Cher. Great drummer. Let me see who's uh let me see who played drums on that song. Kill you if you don't come back was track four. Mm, let me see. I'm hunting around, I'm searching. Yeah, that was Max Weinberg on mm-hmm. that song. So um yeah. The voice is so bad on that on this album. Some songs are really good, but I mean the voice is still not great. Hmm. So you would think, I don't know. I mean, I think it would be a good song. If the voice was, if the voice was strong, the voice better. I don't, I don't know if he, did he become a character of himself. If you pick a character a, of himself, his voice is exquisite yeah. on "Bad Out of Hell." And then, like if he sounded like he did on "Bad Out of Hell," this maybe would sell some records. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So. Did, were there, was he producing himself? Did he have a producer in there? Mm, yeah, he, he did not produce it himself. Okay. You can't let Meatloaf do that. Uh, Jimmy Iovine. What, Jimmy? You uh, let me down, bud. Stephen Gallus. I don't know, Stephen. Uh, it lists it Meatloaf and Jim Steinman, too, but I don't think Steinman had anything to do with this album. I don't think so. I thought he wrote everything on it. He did, but then I think they parted ways. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you're also, you're just it wasn't Rundgren, off, for sure. You're coming off a mega, mega Produced hit. by Rundgren. Oh, it is produced by Rundgren. The original. Oh. Bad Out of Hell is produced oh, by Oh, yeah, Rundgren. yeah, yeah. But you're coming, it's, it's, it's typical uh, record industry. It, as a guy who's never been involved in the record mm-hmm. industry, you get a mega hit like that, do whatever you want. Yeah. And then they do whatever you want, and then it fucking fails miserably. Four years between albums, though. I think I, I even think they, the heat was off of them at that point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. What do you got for us? Um, <clears throat> you can play. Let's pick it up. Let's pick it up. Yeah, let's do something good. I have, well, we're just picking still, it up. If you're still out there, <laughs> here we this, go. There are two bands. I've said this about the cult a long time ago. What if I had Ian Asbury here? Would that be okay with oh, you? Oh, I would love it. But they're a classic band. That's not a new I'm band. not saying don't get the classic <laughs> bands. Okay. Just get people you like. <laughs> yeah, just get people I like. <laughs> All right. I want to listen to this stuff on the road. Okay. All right. I said this about the cult. They, they, every song sounds like the same song, but, but that song it. fucking rocks. Yeah, right. True. And I've said, and then I ended mm-hmm. up saying it about this band, Rage Against the Machine, and this is Calm Like a Bomb. Oh. Battle of Los Angeles. Well, that happened right here. Never forget.
Oh man, that's a great song. I've never heard that before. My my apologies to my wife because Rage Against the Machine is going in heavy rotation <laughs> this week, and we have the we have Apple TV at our on our uh, TV in the living room. All right, elitist. Well, you know, um, and so I play seriously. A, you have a TV? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I play music through the Apple TV, and I I get on these Jags, and for like three weeks, it was the Grateful Dead. And then it was Morrissey for like three weeks. And then it was Brian Ferry and Roxy Music for three weeks. And lately it's been Sturgill Simpson since his uh, latest album came out. If you haven't got the new Sturgill Simpson album, get it. It's fantastic. And so it's been all Sturgill Simpson. Did that come out in 2019, right? That came out two weeks ago. Oh, so that's going to be in your year in review Absolutely. for sure. Okay. Absolutely. Possibly and your favorite album of 2019? I can honestly say it is my favorite album of 2019. Okay. Um, so now it's going to be all Rage Against the Machine for the next week, and she's going to hate me. Zach De La Roja. De La Roja. I don't know what he's doing, man. I think he put out a solo album. How come, I mean, did they not get along, the band members? You know, I honestly, I don't know. I have to ask Tom Morello him. feels like, I feel like he gets along with everyone. How do you not get along with Tom Morello? Yeah, I mean, he inducted Kiss into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and he toured with Springsteen. Seems like yeah. he likes everything. Yeah. I saw him at the Oscars this year, and... Uh, he was in a tuxedo, and it's one of those kind of like out of baseball hat or not baseball. No hat. baseball hat. So you thought it was uh, Cory Booker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was one of those where I kept going. I think that's Tom Morello. I don't want it to be that Tom Morello guy. Why would Tom Morello be here? And then I then thank God for Google Images, because then I Google Images. Yes. I'm like, oh, it is Tom Morello. And then by the time he was gone, so I didn't get to meet him. I did the same thing with David Ellison from uh, uh, Megadeth the other night. It was at my show. Okay. And I thought it was him and I wasn't sure it was him. And then I Google image and I was like, it was him. And then I like, let's get a picture. And you did. And I did. And I sent it to you. <clears throat> this is from 1983. People always say I don't play enough Bob Dylan. I think Christine Blackburn and possibly David Wilde also, I put it out to him. I think we're going to try to do a Dylan 70s episode before the end of the year. I've seen Dylan four times. I've seen him once. He was good once. I saw him once. He was not good that time. Mm -hmm. Somebody to see him three more times. Absolutely. Somebody just, he just played recently in Southern California, like this week, mm -hmm. I think. And I have to find out how it was. Doesn't mean he's not good on record. Doesn't oh, yeah. mean he's not an amazing songwriter. It doesn't mean he's not legendary. Doesn't mean people can't cover his great songs. In yeah. yeah. But in 2019, maybe not great. And I saw him about six years ago mm -hmm. at Bumbershoot. Three minutes into the song before you were oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I know what it is now. He's, uh, yeah. Um, oh, I have to mention something, and I don't want to, I know Christine Blackburn listens to this, mm -hmm. but um, she, when you did your covers episode. Yes. And she was talking about um, the Manfred Mann cover of. Blinded um, by the Light. Blinded by the Light. 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 And she said that it's, that it's a common mistake that people hear uh, wrapped up like a douche. Mm-hmm. When in all actuality, when they're listening to Manfred Mann's, they are hearing wrapped up like a douche, but it was originally written wrapped deuce, up like a deuce, which I don't but even know what that means. That's a car. Oh, it is. Oh, deuce coupe. Yeah, deuce coupe. But, but why it, is it wrapped up? I don't know. I'm not a car guy. But mm -hmm. in England, when they started covering this, one made me think of it because they started mm -hmm. covering Dylan, they covered Quinn the Eskimo, Hendrix yes. covered all along the watch out in that kind of era. Yeah. They didn't know what a deuce was, so they just said douche. All right, that's weird. I think they'd. They could, said, dude. they could have said wrapped up like a dude. Oh, that's gay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, 1983 from the album Infidels. This is Bob Dylan with a song called License to Kill. What year? 83. 
just sit there as the night grows still. She'll say, Who gonna take away his license to kill? So good. So good. Produced by, uh, co produced, the album was co produced by Dylan and Mark Knopfler. Oh, all right. Oh, I could hear that. The band on this album, these are the only players on this album Bob Dylan, Alan Clark, Sly Dunbar, Mark Knopfler, Robbie Shakespeare, and Mick Taylor. Who's uh, Larry Clark? Uh, Larry Clark is a comedian, I believe. Alan Clark. Oh, who's Alan? You're thinking Lenny Clark. Alan Clark is uh, is from Dire Straits. Oh, okay. Knopfler brought him along. Okay. Come on. Was he a keyboard player? Uh, What does he? Yeah, he's keyboard. That's his instrument of choice. Keyboard. All right. That was cool. I like that. I can definitely hear the uh, Knopfler influence on it. Now that you mention it, was that uh, that was Kill, right? (laughs) Bless you. Uh, Hold on. Okay. One more? I'm good. All right. That was Kill, right? That was a kill. But, uh, you know. I know. I just want to pick I'm, it up. You uh, played a mellow. I want to play a heavy I might one. be out of bomb songs. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to play a heavy one. All right. This is off. And I believe Kyle, the late Kyle Dotson, mm-hmm. uh, gave me this album. This is the only album I own by this band. This is the only album I like by this band. This is Green Day. Oh, and it's, this album is named after you. <laughs> this is American Idiot. <laughs> and song? <laughs> Letter, Letter bomb. bomb, sorry. American idiot. They're good. They're a good band. Yeah, I just they I think are. I think when they came out, I was still very like all about original Lower East Side punk, mm-hmm. and then this you know the kind of the uh, pop punk. They kind of started the pop punk movement. Yeah, I think I was just kind of just anti that. And you might have been sick of Dookie, but man, they have so many albums. This band's a got a ton of albums. They do have a lot of albums, and I, I mean, I like a, almost every track on this album. Yeah. So going from not liking them at all to liking every track on an album. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. I think they have a new album coming out, or maybe one just came out. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know either. 1986. This album was produced by Ron. Nevison. How many more do we have here? What's going on? Uh, I mean, I got, I got one, two, three. Five. I got like four more, but I'll just play by ear. All right. This song is from 1986. It's Ozzy Osbourne's fourth solo album, produced by Ron Nevison. Ozzy- hold on, what? Hold on, I think for solo. Hold on, let me think. Bark at the Moon? No, no. The one after Bark at the Moon. <sighs> Second one with Jakey e. Lee. I know, Jakey e. Lee with that white SG. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm blanking. The album's called The Ultimate Sin. Right. Ozzy does not like this album. Oh, really? Yep, it was the only one not to be reissued. Also, Shot in the Dark was written by his bass player, and there's some always some rights issues with the song. And they who was was that star? Who was on bass? On bass was Phil Susan. Okay. Anyway, anyway, <clears throat> this song is "Thank God for the Bomb." Light my 
I'm so bummed I never saw Ozzy in his prime. Uh, did he have one? <laughs> I think he's had a prime one album. I don't know how. I mean, I don't know. When I've seen him live, he was good. He just, was good once. Did you see him in the 80s? No. When did you see him? Because I've only seen him since I've uh, been uh, out here. Oh, so. First time was 1996, I think. Oh, really? He was bad then? He wasn't. He was sick, though. Oh, okay. I, I've told this story before, but <laughs> he was on Larry King like two nights later. And he's like, how was your show this week in Los Angeles? He's like, I'm a little bit sick. And I did two impressions I can't do. Right, no. But uh, he, he, the first thing Ozzy did at the show I saw is he came out and dumped a bucket of water on himself. <laughs> well, no wonder you're fucking sick. <laughs> Don't dump a fucking water. It's an ice bucket challenge before <laughs> the show. So corn opened up, didn't see a second of them. Yeah, why would you? No, Ugh. I walked around and looked at anything. Ugh, we used to have... I was there was no farm. merch. We just looked at concessions <laughs> just to avoid... There was merch. We had, we had them on Farm Club when I was writing on that mm. Jimmy Iovine, Dr. Dre. Yeah. You know. then Terrible. I, then I saw him with Mike Schmidt at OzFest. He was okay then. And then I saw him on Father's Day at the House of Blues... And he was good that wow, night. Wow, I like to have seen, really like to have seen yeah. that. We had to wait in line all day, basically, to get him to sign an album, or the CD. Sure. And then you got a wristband to go see the show for free that night. Oh, so you buy the album. Get a free wristband. Get a wristband. Get a and signature. It, and you, wow, that's and a great deal. And you go to the deal. House of Blues. They yeah. must have limited that number. I think it was like 600 people. Wow, for that's 600 amazing. people. That is great. But it was on Father's Day then. So if you're a father, which I was, you have to go... You know, my Father's Day present will be to not be around you today. I'm going <laughs> to hang out at Amoeba with idiots for three hours, come back home for two hours, and then go back out. Right. I'm going to stand with a bunch of people in leather in the sun. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But, the House of Blues had some good albums. I saw yeah. Johnny Cash at the House of Blues. I'll tell you what. Uh, now that I have my Hollywood Bowl hic- h- hiccup. H- hiccup? Not a hiccup, a hookup. Hookup. Uh, Ozzy's coming to the Hollywood Bowl uh, like next in June of 2020. Oh, nice. You've never seen him? No. Well, maybe you're my maybe, date for that. Maybe. That'd be fantastic. Thank God for the bomb, right? Yeah. All right, you know, uh, hi. Warren Zevon used to play the uh, House of Blues all the time. His shit's fucked up. And I always said I was going to see him, and I never did, and he's one of my favorite artists, and I never got to see him. One of my only regrets. What's your favorite, I'm gonna Warren, take what's your favorite Warren Zevon song? I'm going to take... Um, Carmelita is one of my favorites. Uh, Mutineer is one of my favorites. Um, why do you have this? Oh, you just did the Warren Zevon. Just the Warren Zevon episode without you. Desperado under the eaves. I hear mariachi static on my radio, and the tubes they glow in the dark. This is Carmelita. Kill. Oh, okay. I got you. Good song. So good. So great. What a great song about heroin addiction. Yeah, the song. Uh, the song. My shit's fucked up. Is is the one I like. Yeah. All right. Well, let's pick. Well, no. Let's. I was going to pick it up because you. I mean, I was going to bring it down, but we brought it down again. So I'm going to keep bringing it down. Okay. This is off. Boy, what a, raising sand. I believe. I, what yep. year would this be? Nineteen two thousand seven. Nineteen two thousand seven. Nineteen two thousand seven. This is, I saw this tour, it was fantastic. Oh, that's cool. Produced by T-Bone Burnett. Mm-hmm. This is Robert Plant and Alison Krauss, Killing the Blues. Here we go. Which I believe is a standard. No, it says, that it, oh, it says the computer's not authorized to play Killing the Blues. Why is that? It's just, uh, it's password protected, so I can't play it. 
It wasn't password protected on my computer. No, because you have the password. <laughs> Why does everyone else not? Because you purchased it. You purchased it bef- when... You oh, okay. Yeah, because this was 19, 2007. The so. song is called Killing the Blues? Killing the Blues. Hold on, I'll find it. All right. I'll play it through iTunes. I don't know where it'll drop us in at, but right. here we go. You can just, just drop it in the middle anywhere. It's mellow. It's just the whole thing. Right in the middle of the chorus. <laughs> That's where they dropped it. I don't have a choice. Oh, are you on iTunes? Yes. Okay. went back in and tried to record another album and it just it just wasn't where i mean they were getting along but they just they, they just weren't didn't feeling feel, it. they well, weren't feeling it he went on to do some really great yeah something like three since then kind yep. of that country americana vibe and yep. that last one i wasn't really into it but the last one he released i thought was really good um t-bone burnett <clears throat> produced this and he was doing some, he was producing some soundtrack with the cohen brothers at this time so we got tickets to see it and it was fantastic. It was at the Greek theater and the women behind us were huge Robert Plant fans. And they were, they're probably about 15 years older than us, 20 years older than this. So these old ladies. And every time he would jiggle his hips or do some sign of classic Robert Plant, they're like, ah, they're like screaming. Right. It was fantastic. He was great. He countryfied a few Zeppelin songs. Like, um, I want to say when the levee breaks and did a couple solo Robert Plant's countryfied. Some worked, some didn't. But it was uh, definitely a great show. Uh, how, how could it not be? Right. 1986, Electric Light Orchestra. The album is Balance of I Power. This. this is one of my favorite Electric Light Orchestra albums. It's one that's under, under the radar, I think. I think hardcore fans enjoy it. But I really like it top to bottom, Balance of Power. The song is called In for the Kill. If, if a metal band sang this song, it would take a whole different, oh, you know, these lyrics in for the kill in for the slaughter. Absolutely. I like uh, that a lot. New electric light orchestra album coming out this, uh, in November, about a month from now. How is it new electric light orchestra? It's, Je- it's called Jeff Lynn's electric light orchestra. Why didn't he just go by Jeff Lynn? He knows that there's value in the name. Okay. Electric light orchestra. Cause even he only, who was the piano player? Richard Tandy. Yeah, he's not. Off the top of my head. It, it, tell everyone. I, that, I pulled that without looking at anything. He didn't look at anything. Thank you. Um, Tandy's not playing with him anymore, is what he? What if you turned around and spray painted <laughs> across the wall and said Richard Tandy? Or you just pulling a usual suspects I think and Richard all of your Tandy, knowledge is all of I think Richard Tandy is... Uh, in an old folks home? 
I think he's elderly and maybe has had some health issues. I'm oh, not okay. sure of that because no. he wasn't on the tour last year that I saw. Right. He's but on the live at Hyde Park. Yeah. I think he plays, he might play on the studio album still though. Okay. But I think, I think it's a one man uh, production currently. Okay. I think oh man. Going back to the who. Sorry. Cause I, I really love the, the, uh, you're wearing your who t-shirt that you bought for five dollars. You owe me 10 bucks. Oh, I do owe you 10 bucks. What else? We say that I bought Mary a t-shirt and me. Yeah. We got the parking lot t-shirts. I'd rather have my $10. All right. Well, I got, I got my wallet. Do you have $10 in it? Maybe. Instead of taking a break to pee, maybe you take a wallet break. <laughs> All right. You'll okay. get your 10 bucks, buddy. Tell me about the con- You're good for it. All right. Uh, what were we talking about? Uh, the concert. Another thing that you hated about the Who concert. No, I loved. Another thing you loved about the Who concert. <laughs> I loved about the Who concert. First of all, they come out, they do this mellow, maybe it was Behind Blue Eyes or... Uh, I don't know, but they had the lead cellist there and the lead violin player, and they were just stereotypical orchestra, you know, Asian women in their black gowns, very stoic. They came out, they played their part, they took their bow, and then they went back. And then they closed with Bob O'Reilly. And this is, and I told you that right there, I'm like, this is my favorite part. This is what, yeah. this is what made this concert mm-hmm. worth it. They go into Bob O'Reilly and I'm, you know, everybody, and they're rocking it. They're rocking it already. Yeah. And I forget about the violin solo. Like, no, who remembers the violin solo? Right. I remember because we, I think I played it on my Sexy Strings episode okay, with Carrie Scott. Go. But you know, I'm not thinking about it at right. all. And all of a sudden, the stoic, classically trained mm-hmm. violinist comes out fucking runs out rocks it smiling smiling from ear to ear she's jumping up and down she's, she's center stage with the who she's center stage with pete townsend and just wailing on this thing man and i would they just made the whole night for me made the whole night it was pretty impressive it was so great and she was just having the time of her life it was almost like my dad would never let me play this growing up i'm so mm-hmm. excited to be able to play it now mm-hmm. and then roger closed the show by saying be lucky yeah how do you be lucky? Yeah. You, you can't. If you could just be lucky, everyone would be lucky. Man, I really wanted to end the Who story on a positive note. <laughs> be lucky! Roger Daltrey. Yes. Just walk off stage when they're playing the instrumentals. Be lucky. You're up there for 10, 15 minutes playing two tambourines. Yeah, beating them into submission. Yeah, just go. go. I'm sure there's some mashed bananas you can mm-hmm. eat back there that, that the home brought you or something. Just get off stage. Yeah. I asked uh, for a tambourine for my birthday, and I thought that um, I thought that they would get me like a professional grade tambourine, mm-hmm. not like a three hundred dollar tambourine, but like a you know, hey, got me like a kid's tambourine. I think they thought I was joking. Who who knew there were levels of tambourines? Well, you know, there's there's one that's in a in a a box at a at a preschool, and then there's one like Daltrey plays on stage there or Stevie Nicks in plays. a box at a preschool. It's different grade. I'll show it to you. All right. Maybe you're right. I don't know nothing of tambourines. I'm very good at it. I've been taking lessons. <laughs> but you know what? Honestly, tambourine is hard to play. Yeah. A tambourine is hard outside of hitting the the. Mine's out of tune. Mine's out of tune. You got to get that thing bit. tuned up. You got to hire somebody like a pianist, like okay. a piano tuner. You want to play a song and then I'll play the play out? Sure. You got to go. Yeah, let's do it. Let's Otherwise, I'd keep playing. Let's see what I want to do here. Oh, you know what? There, we talked, let's do this. Let's close out on this on my end. There's killing, which is when you do well in comedy. Right. That was our theme for the show that we yeah. completely avoided. Well, we talked about it a little bit. There's, Up front we did for 25 minutes. We avoided it after. There's yeah. bombing. That's when you do bad. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. No. You want to kill. You want to kill. Ha ha. But what you really want to do is crush. Uh-oh. Okay, cool. With eyeliner. 
if you can. This is R.E.M. off a of monster. 90 what? Three? Yep. Album gets shit on, but it's, it's very hard so to find. It's, it's so hard so to good. find. Is, are you saying it's in the resale bin in every place you go? I at one point asked people if they found them for a buck or less to send them to me. I mm-hmm. wanted to see how many I could amass. People didn't really do that. Greg Cadester did. Uh, I think I've got like eight or nine copies of them oh, really? right now. But I wanted because they just they just released or they're gonna release a big, I think, twenty fifth anniversary. Mm-hmm. Uh, box, box set, set yeah. and I wanted to see how many I could get and like build a house of cards with it or something, <laughs> but it just it didn't pan out. Oh, it's a great album, man. I would like to get Mike Mills. Mike Mills, I think, lives in L.A. Yeah, I'd like to get him on and we do a track by track of this album and and then promote the the re release. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, would I that f- be Murray approved? I would absolutely be Murray approved, man. Maybe that, would, that might even get April Richardson back here. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. All right. No, man, it's R.E.M., it's The Beatles, and it's U2 are my three favorite bands. They're all good bands. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all uh, too inactive. Absolutely. I'm still heartbroken that R.E.M. broke up as an adult six years later. Michael Stipe just released a solo song. Oh, he did? Yeah. Ringo just released a solo song this week. It's fantastic. McCartney's going to release two more songs uh, for Record Store Day. Oh, U2. These guys aren't inactive at all. <laughs> U2 is releasing something for... Uh, Oh, crap. What was it? I feel like they're releasing something great for uh, Record Store Day. I'll, f- I'll figure it out before we end. Now, the playout song. Do you want to hear from Crowded House? Do you want to hear from The Runaways, which would just be a song we already heard? Right. Or do you want to hear from Nazareth, Ooh. a band that never gets played on the show? Well, then let's go with Never Gets Played, although I much prefer Crowded House. I'll play whatever you want. It's up to you. I'm letting you No, decide. let's uh, hold on. I think I found it. Okay. Um, Oh, hold on. It's taking a minute to load. Play okay. it, play it. No well, let's, we'll just talk right because it's a playout song. Okay. So, okay, Mary, you host. Oh, they're releasing their first ever EP, three, uh, for Record Store Day. Okay, cool. That's it. That was you too. Sorry. Are, th- are those new songs? Oh, no, no. no they're, they're, they're re-releasing their first ever EP yes. that came out before Boy. Yes. All right, cool. So, Wes, Anthony, when you go to Record Store Day, pick me up one, will pick you? Pick up one of those. <laughs> pick me up one, will you, please? Thank you. Okay, so you host the Road Stories podcast. The Road Stories podcast, yes. You are at Murray V. On Twitter? Or is it at Murray At Murray V. At Murray V on Twitter. M-U-R-A-Y-V. You have... Uh, I'm more active on Instagram. Instagram, because that's what the kids do. Murray V Comedy on Instagram. You also have a Facebook page. Uh, yes, I do. Murray V Comedy or Murray Valeriano Comedy. We are at Rock Solid Show. I'm at Pat underscore Francis. Kyle is at Kyle.Funny. We have enamel pins will be available very soon. They are being made currently. They're by, pretty cool. I'm sorry? By? By, what do you mean? Who makes them? I forget the company. Oh, really? Yeah. Steve O'Dockerson made mine. He made enamel pins? 
I don't know what that is. The enamel pins are the ones that have the little posts, like the one, like the oh. one I wore. No, he made a, you know, he made a regular. That's a pin. button. It's, that's a button. That's a button. That's a, that's pin. a pin. Yeah, these are enamel pins. Right. These are fancy. Okay. I don't. I like the Steve O'Dockerson ones. Don't okay. get me wrong. All right. I enjoy mine Those very are much. Nice. All right. But this is a pin. Okay, this is a pin. This thing. And I had it so it doesn't say my name on it. It doesn't say podcast on it. It says rock song. You're going to oh, like nice. awesome. It's going to be cool. Awesome. So so then you can wear it and then people, you know, it's, you're not advertising me. It could mean all kinds of different things. I think those okay. two words together. Sure. Makes sense. Yeah. Where are you going to be? Uh, I also got a big tour coming up starting in mm-hmm. Seattle on October 23rd yep. at the Jewel Box Theater. And then I am all over the place, man. Uh, Oregon, Washington State. Um Nevada, Vegas, and I'm headlining all those. And then I'm opening for a comedian named Cristela Alonzo on like six of her dates. She's famous. She had her own sitcom. Yeah, she's great. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. I've been opening, we've been working together in town a lot. And uh, yeah, so you can get all that, all those dates. Has she can, been on Road mm-hmm. Stories? Yeah, she's been on like three times or something. Yeah, I saw you posted a picture of a, like, uh, I don't know, did you go to an old folks home and record an episode a couple weeks ago? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, my wife came home when I was recording that, and she said, "And she said, what are, what, what are all the wheelchairs in the front yard?'" What had happened was I recorded. How did you have mics for all those people? I re- they, they I had four mics and they re- rotated in and out. Okay, but I, I I helped produce a podcast for a woman uh, who used to run the. She's a legend in the comedy. Silver world. Silver Feld, uh, Feldman. No. Friedman, Bud Friedman's ex-wife, who ran, okay. the, who ran the Improvs sure. in New York, and so she wanted to do a podcast. So Is that Zoe's mom? That's Zoe Friedman's mom. Okay, yes. and nice. she was a delight. Cool. And then you had Rick Overton, Rick Overton, Paul, was on, Provenza, Paul Provenza, Mike Jonathan Ivey, Solomon, Jonathan Solomon, who I think was on Pilar's podcast before. Yeah, because he's about, a big writer now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and um, no, that's cool when you can get a you know a whole bunch of people. Yeah, in yeah and I just helped him. I helped him do it. I had the helped zombies on. My picture looked the same. <laughs> looked like the same thing. Uh, okay, so uh, so you can catch all those dates at Murray V Comedy and, at, people, and Murray Valerian. People can tweet at you. People can uh, contact you via Facebook if they want to. If you want to. If they want to meet up and have a, uh, a drink or oh, lunch absolutely. or something. Absolutely, you're, people you're already have. Absolutely. You're all open to that. And I return every email and. I tried to return every comment. So yeah, yeah, no people have already have. I, they announced the tour a couple weeks ago. Okay, cool. So, um, you posted dates on the rock solid page. Okay. I did post Seattle on there, but okay. that was, when, was that like three months ago? I did ask you and you, what'd you, you don't say? have to ask. What'd you say? I, I said, you're an admin. So just post it. <laughs> I don't care. All right. Well, I know a couple of rock solid people are already coming to, uh, Seattle. So I'm excited about that. All right. Here's the play out song. Uh, a listener said, you never play Nazareth. And I forget the guy's name. I'm so sorry. So people send me so much stuff. He no, sent me, nobody ever says that. This guy did his favorite band. All right. He sent me the entire Nazareth catalog. Oh, yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. But um, give me the lineup of Nazareth. I, I have no idea. Oh, really? I have okay. No idea. All right. I'm I, sorry. I thought you would. I apologize. I know they have some the cool spot. album covers. I remember seeing their albums in the racks when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I knew, you know, you know, Hair of the Dog. Sure. Don't go messing Great. with the son of a bitch. Yeah, and yeah, I know, you know, uh, Love Hurts. I know some songs. But, Which um, they do a great in the yeah. in the in the country music documentary. They cover Graham uh, Parsons phenomenally. Yeah, it's amazing. It, but but um, who wrote that song? That's why. That's why I said that. I'm glad. Okay. Uh, but Nazareth, they every album sounds a little bit different. They sometimes they don't sound like how the you think they might sound. But this this Kinda from like 1981. Yeah, this is from 1981. The album is called The Fool Circle, F O O L instead of the Full. 
got it. Circle, those words are hard for me to say. And the song's called Dress to Kill. Thank you, Murray. Thanks, Pat. Always fun. Nazareth. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you, guys.